Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Your hands. We're going to be back here Friday night for the revival. Amen. We're going to have an awesome revival this weekend with Pastor Paul from Colorado. If you haven't made plans, please make them now. Change your plans. Change your work schedule. Do whatever you got to do to be here Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning for this revival. We're going to start having uh, a a series of revivals the next few months. We've got a revival this month. We've got a revival in May. We've got a revival in June. Then we've got conference in July, and then we'll have another revival when we get back from conference. Amen. How many want to see revival? Amen. How many want to be a part of a revival? Amen. I don't need your applause or excitement. Don't worry. We'll get you later. Amen. Because emotions don't mean anything. Amen. But we're going to see revival. So write this down. Tonight is a special night. Four, no, 3.30.22. Not anything to do with numbers. But tonight, just write down, tonight is a special night. And just circle it, put an asterisk by it, and remember this night. Because God is going to do something tonight that's going to shift us into the direction that God wants to take us. And we are going to see a revival that I have been believing for. I can't say that you've been believing for it for you, but I can say for me, we're going to see a revival. I'm not talking about just a revival this weekend with Pastor Paul. I'm talking about a revival, a move of God that uh, I have been believing for my entire life. And I was thinking this week and praying about how we did those outreaches last, last year around October. If you'll remember all those outreaches we did, And a lot of times we think, and we saw some amazing things right off the bat, but remember that a harvest doesn't come right away. When you plant something, it takes time. Look what Dwayne just said at the offering, how he had to wait a little while longer because God was doing something. And I was just thinking today, I was looking up, that a harvest takes, if it's early, it takes about 125 days. That's four months. And it can take up to six months. So we're right at, right now, about five months since we did all those outreaches. And so mark my word and write it down tonight that this is a prophetic word, that revival is here, revival is coming, and we're going to start to see an outpouring of His presence, and we're going to start to see a move of God, and we're going to start to see things we've been praying for coming into this house. We're going to see a a saturation of souls. We're going to see the doors being knocked down, amen, from the outside, wanting to get in. There's going to be a hunger in this place, amen. There's going to be a transformation. We have seen, and trust me, I don't, I don't, again, I don't need your excitement. Don't worry. I don't, I'm not looking for that because that, that's just hype. If you get excited, that's fine. I'm just telling you some, what's going to happen. I'm not saying it depending on how you react, just so you know. We're going to see it, and I can tell you that as clear as a bell. We're going to see it. It's coming, and it's going to be everything that, again, I can't speak for you, but everything that I've been praying for. I believe I'm not the only one praying for it. But everything that I've been praying for for years is coming because time is short and God is on the move. And we have planted the seeds. And when you plant seeds, you expect a harvest. You don't ever plant seeds without expecting to see a harvest. Can I get a better amen? So you remember this date. We'll have it on record as well. But you've got it in your notebooks. That's what's good about taking notes. And I want to preach tonight prayer and preparation for revival. Now I'm talking about in the, in the immediate short time this, this weekend. 
making an effort to get here, making, uh, don't letting anything stop you from getting here for what God has for us this weekend. We don't plan revivals just to say we did them. We plan them because God does something in revivals. I was saved in a revival. Many of you were saved in a revival because we had a revival service. And, and a pastor comes, as I was just preaching last or two weeks ago in Denver, when a pastor comes in from another city and preaches in a church, it's dynamic and powerful because that pastor doesn't know anything that's going on in the church. He's just there to hear from God. And God does supernatural things that he doesn't normally do in a regular service because someone from the outside is coming with a different angle. So Pastor Paul will have words for us and messages for us that we need. He doesn't know what I'm saying tonight, but I'm telling you that God, this is preparation for this weekend. But I'm talking more than just the revivals. I believe the revivals that we're going to have the next few months are just going to be moments of acceleration, but they're not going to be the, the fullness of what God is going to do. And I actually believe that when these revivals happen, the pastors that come to our church are going to bring powerful, mighty words, but they're going to go back to their churches with the fire of God coming from this church here, and they're going to take the revival back to their churches. Even if they're already seeing revival, they're going to see greater revival. Can I get a better amen? amen? Prayer and preparation for revival. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. I'm going to get through this quickly. I want to have some time of prayer at the end. Verse 36. Here's the chapter in the Bible that shows us what the church is supposed to look like, what true revival looks like. And we are wanting to see what God did in the book of Acts again in our day. We've seen glimpses. We've seen pieces. We've seen parts. But I don't believe we've seen everything God wants to do. And it says uh, this is going to be... Uh, verse 36 of Acts chapter 2. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus. How many know the first part of revival is that Jesus gets preached? And you have no doubt that Jesus is Lord of this church. Amen? Whom you crucified. He's talking to the people outside of, when they came out of the upper room, both Lord and Christ. Look at that again. Assuredly, God has made Jesus whom you crucified. And there, there we go again with the word crucified. Amen? Look at that, Islamic people. Look at that false religions. He was crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, here's the key to revival. They were cut to the heart. Tonight, I'm not looking for emotions from you. I'm not looking for excitement from you. I'm looking for your spirit to be cut to the heart. I'm, at, I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, they said, Men and brethren, what do we need to do? God is going to begin to move in such a way that people are going to start coming up to you and asking you, what do I need to do, 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 do to need to be saved? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to have what you have? Amen? That's what, that's what the harvest is going to be. And it says, then Peter said, repent. That's the key to revival. I'm going to go over some of these things right now. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in revival, people are repenting. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized in water for sins. And the, for the, the symbolic of sins. And they're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit with the power of God falling on them. That is what happens in a revival. For this promise is to you and all your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. Keep reading. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them and said, Be saved from this. How many know we're in a perverse generation? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, to the church. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. There's the word prayers. And fear, that's another sign of revival. When people fear God. People fear the Lord. There's a reverence in in serving God. There is a reverence that says, I'm not playing with sin. I'm not playing around with the things of God. I fear the Lord. And it says, fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. That's another sign of revival. Unity. And had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them all as anyone had need. Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight and we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that you're going through the live stream to those watching at home, those that are sick, those that can't be here, those that are away for work, Lord, wherever the situation may be. We pray that you anoint my words. We pray that you anoint your word tonight. And God, that fruit will come out of this message. And we thank you that tonight is a special night because, Lord, you are prepping us and preparing us for what you're going to bring to this church that we have been praying for. And we tell you, devil, tonight that you are defeated by the blood of Jesus. You have no power and no authority, and you are under our feet. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. There was a couple revivals that have happened two or three in the last uh, hundred years that, are, that were major. Uh, one was the uh, revival at the Azusa Street. Another one was the Wales revival over in, in the country of Wales. And there was a man named Evan uh, Roberts, and he was about 20-something, early 20s, and he got a passion for prayer, and he began to pray at work, and he began to pray everywhere he go, and, 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 and everywhere he went, and he developed a prayer life that I've been challenging all of you to have, and how many know that God knows what our prayer life looks like? Amen. It's not what the prayer life looks in the prayer room, it's what prayer life looks in the closet. When you're by yourself and you're alone and this man began to pray and seek God for a move of God and and I believe hopefully that there are some Evan Roberts in this place tonight. People who want to see a move of God and are willing to pay a price in prayer to see God move. And as he began to pray, and he was kind of the the culprit along with a couple of other guys, they began to have prayer meetings at 6 o'clock in the morning every day, and people began to come in and get saved. In a very short time of about a year, 150,000 people got saved. 150,000 people got saved. Amen. That's revival. If we got 150,000 people saved here, all of Denton would be saved. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Amen. So God is looking for some Evan Roberts here tonight. I heard uh, the the owner of our our building, our landlord, say this many times, and I thought I would quote it tonight. It's been a while since we've seen him here in the the service. Amen. But he says he learned this at at, uh, NASCAR. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. It's a lot of P's. Amen. You say that too fast. Proper preparation prevents prevents poor performance so if we're going to have a revival and a move of God we have to do proper preparation we have to prepare tonight our hearts and our spirits for what God wants to do and I'm going to go over some things that will cause this to happen and this is just going to happen as we willingly obey the Holy Spirit as we are willing to submit and 
and, and die to ourselves tonight, the sparks will start in a revival. Somebody in here, I hope more than one, but somebody in here is going to get this for you and you're going to be a spark, and you're going to say, I want this, and I want to see this happen, and you're going to do the things here that takes preparation for revival. Here's four things I'm going to, I want you to write down that we need to do, and this is every single one of us individually need to do this to see a revival, because revival corporately always starts personally. There's never a revival in a church that doesn't start from one person Having a, having a personal revival. Now God knows in this place how many, if any, people are having a personal revival in this place. You are having things go on in your life. God, as I begin to say these things, you're going to begin to, in your spirit, check these things off and say, these are things God is showing me, and you're going to see that you're on the right track. So you're already preparing for revival properly. If you, say, if you hear these things and they, they do, there aren't things that you're already doing, then you can say, I want to start doing that because I want to see a revival in my life. Or you may be here and you may be dead to the things of God and this is going to go right over your head and you're just going to miss out on it. That's a possibility too, but I hope and pray that that's not anybody. But the truth is, in a, in a revival, there's always people who are going to miss out. Amen? How many want to say tonight, I don't want to miss out? Number one, the past must be clearly dealt with. The past must be clearly dealt with. How? By confessing all my sins to the Lord. Okay? My past must be dealt with. If you're going to see a revival, you've got to, you, you, I, I was telling the guys, I think a few weeks ago, I, I, this is not because I know it's not forgiven, it's because I'm sorry I still ask the Lord to forgive me for things that I feel bad about that I did when I, before I got saved. I still feel bad about them. I still repent of them. I still feel bad that I hurt God. And I still am, am dealing with those things and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, just in case you forgot that I told you before, I'm sorry that I did that. And I repented of it and repent of it continually. Not because, again, that I don't know he's already forgiven me because he has, but because I, have a, I want to have a spirit of repentance. And so I've got to deal with my past. If I don't deal with my past and, and clear up my past, I can't have a future. I cannot have a revival or a move of God. God cannot do something new in my life if I'm still dealing with my past. So I've got to deal with my past, I've got to ask for forgiveness for my past, and I've got to make the wrongs right. Okay, I know that's a lot in number one, but if you're taking notes, that helps. We've got to clear up the past by confessing sin and making the wrongs right. That means the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you that are in your past that can be fixed. You know, there's some things that you, that you, you can, some things you can't go back and fix. But there are some things in your past, uh, just, uh, I, I, this is just something that comes to mind. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's a, an ethical thing. Maybe it's someone you didn't ask forgiveness for. Maybe it's a, a relationship that you can mend. Whatever it is, you can go back and fix those things if the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Are you following me? And then it says in the Bible in Psalms 32.5, I acknowledged my sin to you. And my iniquity have I not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. 
That's a powerful prayer. I acknowledged my sin. The key to revival is repentance. Being sorry. Admitting that I've made a mistake. Admitting that I fall short. Admitting that I'm a sinner. And confessing my transgressions to the Lord. And he says, you forgave, past tense, the iniquity of my sin. Most of us know this verse, or at least we've heard it in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, what kind of God do we have? A God who's going to point his finger at us and tell us, that's right, you sure did mess up. That's not the God we serve. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Of how many sins? Is there any sin he won't forgive? Not if you confess it. But this is where we have to go back and we have to say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me things in my life that maybe I don't even know I did. Reveal attitudes to me. Reveal uh, unforgiveness to me. Reveal sins in my life that I haven't dealt with. Help me get over this. Help me uh, stop allowing this to be a hindrance in my life. If you confess it and, and fess up to it and, and own up to it and say, Lord, I, I failed you in this. I made a mistake in this. And you, and you might ask, what is it? It's whatever the Holy Spirit tells you. And there's going to be that in a little bit later in the service here. There's going to be a little bit later uh, a touch on that again, that you, you're sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is telling you when God is moving. So it says he's, He'll forgive us and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Number two, this is very important. Remove every doubt from your life. Every doubt. What doubt are you talking about? Any doubt you have. You fill in the blank. Every doubt. Doubt of anything. I, I, again, I, I, I could spend forever trying to give you examples. Doesn't, it's whatever the Holy Spirit shows you you're doubting. You may be doubting that Jesus is Lord. You may be doubting that Jesus went to the cross. You may be doubting that you're forgiven. You may be, I don't know what you're doubting. You may, be, you may doubt that God can do great and powerful things in your life. Like I said Sunday, it's, it's not too late. Maybe you were doubting, hopefully before Sunday, if you were doubting, you're not doubting anymore that Jesus can do great things in your life. Stop doubting. Stop wondering. Can, can, God, do a, uh, can God give us a revival? Stop doubting. Don't doubt anymore. Put all doubt away. Because doubt is a killer of faith. Doubt is the, is the fight, is the battle. The one that comes against faith is doubt. So you've got to stop doubting, get doubt out of your life. And James 1 says this, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you ask God, God, what, what are my doubts? God, what are, are my sins? He will tell us. And then it says, here's the key, verse 6, Let him ask in faith without what? With no doubting. Have you been asking God for a move in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your neighborhood, in your job, without doubting? Because if you've been asking and you've been doubting, your doubt eliminates your ask. It cancels it out. So you can be begging and praying and, and even, and even uh, fasting and you can be seeking the Lord and you can be shouting to God and crying and weeping and doing all that. But if you doubt, your doubt cancels out your ask. So you have to believe by faith without doubting. God, I believe this and I don't doubt. 
I will not allow doubt to enter my mind. And church, how many know that when you do anything for God, it takes faith? It takes steps of faith. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let, no, let, let not that man suppose that he, look at this, that he will receive anything from the Lord. Because he's double-minded and unstable in all his ways. We don't, that's what we don't want to be. We want to have doubt gone. We've got to deal with doubt. Get doubt out the way. Yes, God can. Yes, God can. Yes, God can. Yes, God can. Yes, he's able. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Can he? Yes, he can. And you don't throw in the but, because that's doubt. Well, what if, because that's doubt. You don't throw those in there. Those don't exist in God's kingdom. Doubt is not a part of God's makeup. Faith is what moves God. Doubt, if faith moves God and pleases God, what does doubt do? Displeases God. I know we don't want to displease God in here tonight. We want to please God. We want to make God happy. And so we need to have faith and not doubt and not be unstable in all the ways. Here's how you do this. Here's how you remove doubt from your life. Psalm 77. This is, I can tell you from experience. Before you put the verse up, take it back down for a second. Just let me ask this question. In this place, has any of you ever had God do something for you? Let me see your hand. God's done something for you. Something. At least one thing. Okay? I, w- I would be uh, not surprised if God has done many things for us. But I just want to make sure we're all here. So here's what you do to remove doubt. If, if God did it before, what will he do? If God did it before, you guys didn't respond over here. So if God did it before, when will he do it? He'll do it again. So you have to remind God and you have to say, God, you did it before. This is why I'm so adamant about seeing a move of God, because I was born in one. And I've been longing for 30 years to see a move of God again like I was born in. Something supernatural, something unexplainable. I, 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 can't, I can't get away from the experience that I had and I want people to have in their lives that I had. I don't know, I don't say this to brag, I don't know a lot of people who spent three hours at an altar when they got saved. Three hours of weeping and crying out to God. I don't know too many people that were saved in a revival that lasted four months. I don't know too many people in this place that were, have been a part of a move of God where when, when people were falling out in the spirit, they were missing chairs and not hitting them. I don't know too many people that saw on a consistent basis demons being cast out and lives being changed and miracles taking place and, and, and supernatural things that are unexplainable happen. So I have 30 years, and I've seen many bits and pieces, but I haven't seen what I know God wants me to see, and I'm going to see it. In the name of Jesus. So if he's done it before, I have to say, God, you've done it before, and maybe you haven't seen it. So you can go off the coattails of somebody. That is one thing you can do, is ride the coat. That's one place you can ride the coattails of somebody else, is if they've seen what God move. Because if you haven't seen it, then, then you can see it. And I think sometimes, I, and I was thinking about this this week, and I'm, I'm, I'm the worst critic of, of a move of God. I think, I think that God is moving more and has moved more in our church than I, than I see. Does that make sense? Because it's not as big as I want it to be. But God has done, I mean, this place is full of miracles. Full of transformations. 
full of lives changed. And so I'm, I'm not taking away from what God has already done. I just want you to know that it's nothing compared to what God wants to do. So look at Psalm 77. This is putting doubt out of our life. He says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. But church, it gets to a place where I don't want to talk about the Wales revival anymore. I don't want to talk about the Pensacola revival that happened in the 90s in Florida. I don't want to read about the Toronto revival. I don't want to read about Azusa Street. I want to tell people about the revival that we're in. Did y'all catch that? I don't want to hear all anymore about the wonders of old. I want to tell of the story we're seeing right here in Denton, Texas. The revival that God is doing right here in this place. How many want to be able to tell people about what God is doing here? And they start bringing up this, that, and say, hey, I praise God for that revival, but we're in revival. Come see one that's happening right now. And I will meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary who is so great a God as our God as we sang that song tonight. You are the God who does wonders. Does anybody still believe that God does wonders? You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. Amen. Jesus said many times in the Bible, in his ministry, have faith and don't doubt. Have faith and don't doubt. How many are going to have faith tonight and not doubt? Number three. I got ahead of myself a little bit a little, little while ago. Number three. There must be a prompt or quick obedience to the Holy Spirit. This, this, is, this is what prepares you for revival and keeps you in revival. The Holy Spirit quickens you on something. Here's an example. The Holy Spirit convicts you about something and you don't go ask everybody else if they think it, sh- it should be a conviction. It's a prompt obedience because he told you. The Holy Spirit deals with you. A revival is where, where people are dealing with their own personal salvation and working it out, as the Bible says, with fear and trembling. Amen? Holy Spirit prompts you to, do, get, to give money, you give. Holy Spirit prompts you to witness, you witness. Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for somebody, you pray for them. Holy Spirit tells you not to go somewhere, you don't go. Holy Spirit tells you to go somewhere you go. It's a prompt obedience to the Holy Spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is led by what God is telling you to do. We saw that and read read that already in Acts 2.37. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They heard the word of God and they immediately were obedient and said, what do we need to do to be saved? There was an immediate response. A lot of times we don't see God move because he's dealing with us on something and we procrastinate. And we we go and ask or question or wonder, was that God? Most of the time, church, when you are reading your Bible and praying and going to church and walking with God, when the Holy Spirit prompts, most of the time it's the Holy Spirit prompting. And you have to go with the Holy Spirit leading. Amen. Look at Acts 16. I thought this was a good example. Verse 6. Now when they had gone through 
I should have practiced that word. That, yeah, that place. And because I messed up the Scythia the other day. And the region of Galatia, they were forbidden, watch this, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So there was an obedience to the Holy Spirit. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. How many want to be led by the Holy Spirit? In every decision, everything you do, everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit did not permit them. The longer you, get, you walk with God, the more you realize that He'll direct your every step. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And you'll begin to see how God will order your steps. And how many know many times, most of the time, when the Holy Spirit is doing that, He is saving you from something. He's saving you from something. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded and said, Come over to Macedonia and help us. This is called in the Bible the Macedonian call. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. What would happen in your life if you would let the Holy Spirit lead you and when he tells you talk to that person, you open your mouth and talk. When he tells you to pray for that person, you open your mouth and pray. When he tells you to stop doing something, you stop doing it. You don't question why. If he tells you to sell something, if he tells you to give something, if he tells you to keep something, if he tells you to go, if he tells you not to go, led by the Holy Spirit, obedient to the Holy Spirit, because God wants to steer our lives. But we have to listen to His voice. Amen. Number four, last one. And in this church, as we're going through these four things, these are things you prepare to see a revival, they're things that will continue through the revival, and they're things that will be signs of a revival. These will be evident in a, in a church that has a revival moving in their lives. These four things I'm talking about. Not the only four things, but these are four true signs of preparation and proof of position to be in revival. And the last one is, there's a constant public confession of who Jesus Christ is. A constant public confession of who Jesus Christ is. In other words, you are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. You are not ashamed to say His name in public. You are not ashamed to pray in public. And when you're praying at that table, you can say, in Jesus' name. So everybody hears you. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. You can say that boldly. Jesus is not a cuss word to you. Jesus is Lord to you. And so there's a public confession of that. And, 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 and you put it on your billboard outside so people know that Jesus is Lord of your church. And you put it on your car and you put it on your life and, and everywhere you go they know that you're not just a godly person, you, are, you love Jesus. 
Jesus is Lord of your life. And there's a public confession of who Jesus is because the Bible says in 1 John 4, 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Public confession. How many know when you confess something, you're making it public? That's why when we do an altar call and people raise their hand to be saved, we say come down and make a public confession of your faith. So that everybody knows that you believe in Jesus. And you're not ashamed of Jesus. And and that leads me to my last thing. And musicians, you can begin to come. Here's what Paul said. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, ask yourself, am I ashamed of Jesus? If you're ashamed of Jesus, you're never going to see a move of God. But if you are not ashamed of him, God can do something tremendous in your life. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. I'll say it again tonight because I feel this very strongly in my spirit. That God is on the move. And I'm not concerned with excitement or shouting or clapping or any of that because I'm concerned with the sincerity of our hearts of people who truly want to see a move of God want to see a revival are not satisfied with just checking off the box that I went to church are not satisfied with just as I've said before sliding into heaven and making it but you want to be an overcomer you want to do amazing things for God. You want, to, you want to give a huge reward back to the Lord. And, and there's something burning inside of you to see God move. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to stay very reverent in this moment, please. I want nobody moving around. Nobody talking, please. Because this is a very, very important moment dealing with what you wrote in that notebook tonight. Lord, Holy Spirit, I'm, le- I'm doing what you've asked me to do. I'm saying what you've asked me to say. I believe every word I've spoken. I know that you have a plan for this church. I know that you have a purpose for this church. I know it is not normal. It is not status quo. But you want to do something supernatural in this place. You want to do something amazing in this place. You want to do something unexplainable here. And God, we are going to see a harvest of souls come into this place because we have planted the seeds. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But we have the preparation, the proper preparation, because God, we're dealing with our sin, we're dealing with our past. Lord, we're not doubting that you can move. We're allowing your Holy Spirit to quicken us and prompt us to speak when we're supposed to speak, to stop doing something when we're supposed to stop doing it, to do something when we're supposed to do it. And Lord, we are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Now, Holy Spirit, you're quickening hearts, you're touching hearts, you're moving in this place, you're ministering, you're doing what I cannot do.
just cut us to the heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the one that deals with our spirits and our hearts and our minds and our flesh. And Lord, you, your word says, let no, glo- no flesh glory in your presence. So we humble ourselves. And we know tonight, God, that we're not praying to a wall. We're not praying to some God. We're praying to the everlasting King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord of revival, the Lord of the harvest, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And your presence and your power is evident in this place tonight. And Lord, this will be a night where we will look on our calendars and remember that something shifted in the spirit tonight because God, you have seen the works. You have seen the closet prayers. You have seen the behind the scenes decisions. You have seen the behind the decision covenants. You have seen the behind the the scenes giving. And Lord, you're going to bring forth to light, to public what has been done in private, Father. Those who have humbled themselves and sought your face, Lord, will be exalted publicly. And Lord, those who have thirsted and hungered for righteousness will be filled. Move and speak and transform. Arrest our minds tonight. We give you full reign. We give you full obedience. We give you full authority. Lord, I'm not my own. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this place. Thank you for what you have done up to this moment. But we are excited about what you're going to do. As you're staying in this spirit of reverence, I need honest hearts here for a moment. Very honest hearts. And I want to be very clear about this question, and you will know when you hear the question if it's you. I'm not looking tonight for people who have been touched by this message alone. I'm looking for people tonight who were already prepared in the Spirit for this message. If you're here, and in sincerity of heart, You've been praying for revival, believing for revival, working in your personal life for revival, for God to move. And you've had those moments of seeking God's face and interceding for our church and interceding for a move of God and interceding for souls. And there's a hunger in you that thirsts for the move of God. And this is not surprising to you tonight. Again, this is not a, a this isn't you getting something from this message till now that's that's going to come in a minute i'm talking to people here tonight who have been longing and praying and preparing and as i spoke these things you were checking off the box and saying that's what i've been doing it's not a pride thing it's not a it's it's a it's an obedience thing and and i want to know tonight who you are if you if you're here 
and you were already prepared coming into this service and those things were checking off as I spoke them and you have been praying for revival I want you to get up out of your seat I want you to come to this altar I know who some of you already are but I want you to step out I want you to come down to this altar you've been seeking you've been praying you've been hungering you've been longing we'll give you a chance here in a moment if you if you have this desire but it, it came from the beginning of the service there's nothing wrong with that but I know and, and also if you're at posts at the doors if you're at a position that you're able to come we'll trust the Holy Spirit to take your place come down because God sees these desires he sees them and, and this is how a revival starts I'm not surprised there's a lot of people up here because I know that there are and this doesn't please don't think that if you're not up here that this makes you any less but there's something special about the heart of God that's not inside the sanctuary service the, the, the longing and desire to see something um, beyond what you can do in your own power it's, it's a hunger and a thirsting and, and you'll never be satisfied and I can tell you this even when God begins to move in the next few months in ways that we've been longing and desire we still won't be satisfied because when he puts something in there it, it's, you'll be happily discontent because as you say God that's great but we want more we want more so th those of you that are standing here God wants to tell you that he sees your prayers he hears your prayers. He knows your closet prayers. He knows the things you've been asking. He knows the things that you've been doing. He knows the decisions you've been making. He sees them. Amen? He sees them. And he'll honor them. And I, and I know that, that God is going to do some things that are going to surprise all of us. But we, we've got to get the doubt out the way. We've got to get the doubt out the way. Can God use me? Have I made, have I done enough? Get that out the way. Position yourself tonight to see a move of God. Father, I pray for these people tonight that I know you had, and I know they've been praying, and I know they've been longing, and I know they've been desiring, and there may be some online, there may be some that can't be here tonight, that would be up here right now. But Lord, you have quickened our spirits to receive this word. You have quickened our spirits to be preparing ourselves for what you have coming for us. That is a move of God that no man gets glory for. But people simply want God. Simply want Jesus. Simply want to be used. And they want people's lives to be changed. And lives to be transformed. Holy Spirit, I thank you for honesty tonight in this place. I thank you that those that are here are those that have been laboring and those that have been praying and those who have been seeking your face and those who have been standing by my side. God, as I desire to see a move of God that is not man-made but is genuine, Father. And Lord, I know that there's even many more that are coming in, even in this harvest, that, Lord, are, are going to be a quick work Lord, you're even going to bring some, as I said on Sunday, from, from churches that are not being preached the gospel. And they're longing for a move of God. And in this place tonight, I declare in the Spirit that there are many Evan Roberts, 
many women in this place who have been praying behind the scenes and seeking your face. And Lord, you're saying to them tonight, I hear your prayers. I see your decisions. I see your convictions. I see your labors. I see your pains. I see your heart. And as you've cried out to me as the Lord of the harvest, I'm going to give you the harvest you've prayed for. It's coming. But the Holy Spirit says, don't doubt. Remove doubt. Remove doubt. Remove anything that hinders faith tonight. And simply understand that God is doing something great tonight in this place. But it's not about emotion. It's about what's already been done in the secret place. As we stay in this attitude, as again, church, that there's going to be times where it's shouting. There's going to be times where it's clapping. There's going to be times where it's excitement. Tonight is, is just a decision-making night. Tonight is us accepting that God is going to do something great. And this is confirmation for many of you that have been praying and many of you that have been seeking. And one thing we have to understand, church, is you cannot fabricate a move of God. If you could fabricate a move of God, I would have seen it already. And I, and I mean to the capacity that God wants to do. I would have made it up. But you can't fabricate it if it's God. When it's God, He moves, and He moves the way He wants to move. All we got to do is make ourselves available. I also realize that there are other people, maybe in the back, workers, again, people that aren't TV. It doesn't matter. God sees this tonight. Amen. And, and as a matter of fact, we're going to pray right now the sinner's prayer, and then we're going to go offline before we finish. If everybody would just say this with me for those that are watching online, Lord Jesus, you're the king of this house and the Lord of our lives. We believe you came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins. Then you rose from the dead conquered death hell and the grave and you are ascended into heaven and you're at the right hand of the father interceding for us right now and you're coming back again for your church without spot or wrinkle I believe in you I confess you and I live for you tonight change me transform me forgive me make me a new creation in Jesus name from this day forward, I no longer live. Christ lives within me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.